Broadcast, research, innovation, practice, enterprise. You're listening to Ripecast, the podcast series for all things research, innovation, practice, and enterprise here at Dublin Business School. I'm Barney Taylor, and I tell you what, today I am profoundly delighted to be joined by Andrew Conlon-Tran. Andrew, welcome to the show. Thank you, Barney. It's a fantastic pleasure to have you here. Uh, there's loads of questions that I want to ask you, but let's begin at the beginning. Perhaps, and this is silly for those of us who know you, but perhaps you might start off by saying who you are and what you do. Very good. Well, I'm the president of DBS. In fact, I'm the outgoing president uh, <laughs> of DBS. And in around the time that that, that this pod- podcast goes public, um, the new, the next president uh, will be coming in. So just to, to name him, Tim Bicknell is his name, and he starts here on the 12th of February. Uh, so I've been here for 10 years. Um, I've been head of the institution since 2016. Uh, so the last eight years or so uh, have been doing that. Uh, prior to that, I had worked in the UK. Uh, I ran a, a company there which was focused on employment services and training services for, okay. for people who were unemployed. Uh, and I was there for about, about five years. Uh, I would have, people may not know this, but from a qualifications point of view, I actually am qualified as a teacher. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. Primary or secondary? A secondary, secondary teacher. Okay. And, subjects? Uh, general business subjects, um, mathematics maybe wow. as well. Um, so, and that's what I wanted to do. When, yeah. I, when I finished school, uh, I wanted to become a teacher. So I went to what was then UCG, which yep. is now University of Galway. And I did a commerce degree there, so a Bachelor of Commerce. Right. And I followed that with a higher diploma in education. Okay. And it was my plan to teach. And you know, circumstances, I guess, you know, mm. partly, I suppose, the jobs market at the time, partly myself personally, whatever it was, but I didn't do that. Uh, I went on instead to, to do a master's in management, and I did that through Queen's University in Belfast. It was a, a research master's, uh, so I didn't have to go there to study, but, you know, a lot of interaction uh, with the guys there. Uh, so that brought me forward, let's say, two more years from, from my, um, my education qualification mm. Mm. with a different or additional skills and yeah. knowledge and probably different economic circumstances maybe a couple of years later yeah and the I, i'd started looking for jobs and and i i went in in a graduate program into what was then telecom Air, which became aircom which is now air okay yeah. uh, and from there i, I kind of stayed on the on the business side of things mm. but came back into education through that training and employment services company in the UK that I ran before coming here. Fantastic. So there's a kind of, as with all of us, there's a real learning trajectory, which is kind of the embodiment of lifelong learning. Mm. And very often, as your story says, we think we're going in one direction and then we go somewhere else and we don't fault ourselves for that. We just perhaps think about how flexible we are or... Agreed. And, you know, if you go back to, you know, somebody who was my age doing the Leaving Cert and gone on to college, what yeah. are you thinking about? You know, you're thinking about a job, a career, yeah. you're listening to your parents mm. in, in your ear there. They all want you to be something that will give them a feeling of security for mm. the rest of their lives. Yes, of course. <laughs> um, so, so you know, you, you kind of find yourself mm. uh, in, in a particular direction. Mm. And I suppose the learning now is I sit here, because as I head towards retirement, I'm age 60 at the end of March. As I sit here and, and look, look backwards, yeah. you know, it's perfectly understandable that 40, 45 years ago, mm. less, 50 years ago, you know, yeah. you had no idea what you wanted to be. So you're yeah. going to take, take whatever direction you were pushed in. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. 
there, there's an understanding that, that I and many wouldn't have now developed. And that is that your your life is a whole uh, kind of fluid, flexible type yes, of a thing. Yes. And if there's one skill that I would have tried to engender in my own children and would say to others, it's that capacity to be able to to take change. Yeah. Sometimes it's very hard mm. um, and, and sometimes it comes easier. It's much easier if you are doing the change yes. rather than if you're subject of the change. That's fantastic. And we're going to come back to the idea of change in a moment because, mm. I mean, we've known each other a long time and I, I think your perspective on the business school and the mm. changes that have happened. But perhaps we might begin by, as you say, we are you're coming towards the end of one learning cycle mm. and we'll be starting another. Perhaps we might, I might ask you to reflect on that because like we don't always get the chance to think about when things end because often it's yeah. not in our control, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So, I mean, maybe we might talk a bit about reflecting at this stage. Yeah. Okay. So, in terms of of an end or coming to an end, I suppose you know what is what is end mm. in, in itself. Yeah. Uh, this this isn't an end. This happens to be something you know something that I'm doing uh, in in my life that happens to see me finishing a particular job, but I'll go on to to do other stuff. And DBS, more importantly, DBS will yeah. continue in whatever yeah. whatever direction uh, it does. But as I as I reflect on my ten years here, and certainly uh, since I I took over as the head of the institution. I suppose at that time, going back to 2016 or so, the the greatest need I think that the college had at that point was for for stability. Yes, uh, you know there there were you know various issues uh, that that were prevalent at the time, and what the college needed was more confidence. Mm. It needed more uh, more of a systemic approach brought to things. Uh, it needed probably a change in culture or mm. an evolution of culture. Mm. Uh, so, you know, I, I took it on at the time uh, and it needed uh, a number of, of things to be yeah. addressed uh, yeah. and changed. So that would be kind of one, one thing, uh, the, the need for stability. Yeah. And I think within any organisation, there has to be, no matter how, how young or old it is, how dynamic or other, otherwise it is, whatever sector it's in, it does need a fundamental stability mm. Uh, mm. that enables it to work effectively and to grow effectively. Uh, so that was one thing that was was evident to me uh, at the time, and then you get to to start addressing that, and you know how is it that that you do that? There was a strategy that needed to be developed because you know there there wasn't one to hand, and yeah. you say we need to update that. It wasn't that we needed to kind of think seriously about the direction we were going in mm -hmm. and what what did we need to enable us to get to whatever mm -hmm. vision uh, mm -hmm. we had out there, and, and that kind of brings us to that underpinning system of people and processes yeah. and infrastructure, mm. you know, whatever else it might be. But yeah. every organization, again, needs some underpinning capacity in the order to do whatever it does and to, to grow. So that that needed to be put in place. A lot of elements of it were yeah. there, yeah. Uh, but a lot of a lot of changes need need to be made in there. And one of the things that became evident to me as well, not immediately, but probably over the next you know, year, 18 months, was the the importance of a reputation as an academic institution. And that was reputation with the regulator, yep. QQI mainly, yep. but also leveraging that relationship, let's say, to, uh, to other stakeholders. So mm. uh, applicant students in other markets, yep. um, other higher education institutions here mm. in, in the city, 
other partner uh, education institutions there might be in other countries that we dealt with in yeah. Europe and China and in India and so forth. So there was that academic uh, strength and heft that mm. we needed mm. to have and then present. Yeah. So there was a lot of work to be done with QQI building mm. up confidence. Yeah. Uh, confidence is, is built up over time. It yeah. can only be built up over time. Uh, it doesn't matter how good something is. Or how you know how good a person is in themselves. Mm. You can only become confident in them mm. with experience uh, and over time. You, know, you you buy a new car, you love it. If it breaks down every week for the next two months, mm. you have lost confidence in it. Yeah. You get it repaired, then you're not going to be confident in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't trust two, it three again, months. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, until it's it's running perfectly. Yeah. So uh, that needed to be addressed, and to do that, you know, we had to set up academic governance structures. We did a lot of work on the academic board, mm. uh, getting independent people in there, academic policies. That that was, you know, the baseline was done. You know, it needs constant evolution in that, but mm. that was done. Mm. And then into the corporate governance. Uh, so that meant having a board, mm. uh, having independent non-executive directors on that. Uh, it's probably the case that many people in the in the college don't know much about the board. Uh, who is it? What is Perfect it? Perfect time what? to mention the board then. Exactly. Yeah, you know, yeah. what, what do they do? Yeah. Um, why are they there? Yeah. Uh, I spend so much time of my life writing board papers. I'm very happy to be handing that over to, to Tim Bigna. Um, But it's an essential. Yeah. And it yeah. just provides that yeah. level of oversight and governance yeah. to, to the management yeah. of the organization. Yeah. Uh, you know, you look at things that are happening in other organizations, the most kind of public one, in the last few months being RTE. Yes, of course. Uh, there is there is every every manager and every management system needs to have a layer of oversight yes. to ensure that what it does yes. has the, the correct checks and balances yeah. and it also protects the individual management. Yeah, um, yeah. Education as well has a very specific oversight, doesn't it? Because we're at the kind of the coalface of customer mm. meets qualification, yeah. meets market, meets yeah. reputation. The the other P word and you that came up when I was listening to this is purpose. Yeah. Organizations <laughs> need purpose. And you're describing an identifying of factors that Gave us purpose, maybe, I think. Correct. And, you know, if you look at what we are, we're a private higher education institution. And yeah. being private, there has to be a commercial element to yes. it because we yes. have to generate our own revenue. And I'll come back to that uh, in a moment. But I believe, and I know if you were to talk to others within Kaplan, they will say the same thing, mm. is that we're an educational institution yes. which happens to be private. Yes. Happens to have to generate its own revenue. Yeah as opposed to being a private company that happens to trade in education. Yes, yes. Uh, so our purpose is there. You know, it's set out by Kaplan. It's mm. set out by us. I'd like to think set out by me that our purpose is to be you know, the provider of high quality education that's yeah. going to prepare students yeah. for whatever they're going to do yeah. subsequently. Yeah. So what happens, we have to generate our own revenue, yeah. which brings us to that point of the balance of commercial and academic decision making and governance and oversight. And, that, you know, it's my job to ensure that there is a separation of decisions to mm. a certain extent. But of course, yeah. everything rolls up to me and to the board. Mm. Uh, so therefore, it does come together at, at some point. Yeah. But there have to be the systems and indeed the people then mm. in place who can ensure that no academic uh, direction or decision is uh, unfairly influenced yeah. by uh, whatever commercial decision has to be made. Um, I'd like to think 
that that's what we have put in place. Mm. I believe that's what we have put in place. I think we have. I'm sure there are decisions that have been made mm. that you know probably you know certain people wouldn't like or believe that maybe one impinges yeah. on the other. Yeah. Uh, in both directions. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I believe we have hit a good balance there, and I believe we have the governance structure yeah. in place that, that oversees that. I think it's interesting as well, because that tension, I think, also contributes to something where I've always found very positive about DBS, is it's a very dynamic, adaptable yeah. environment. Because if you're responding to markets, and the markets suddenly say, mm. we need a million people who are qualified in washing dogs, yeah. then we can get a dog washing yeah. program to market Fairly fluidly. So we're yeah. quite an agile institution. But that's what I wanted to bring us back to. You're just telling the story of instilling purpose. Mm. But really, it's a story of change and transformation, I think, as well, isn't it? Yeah. Is that fair to say? It's. Um, I didn't write the word change as no. a heading in my, my kind of plan yes. for DBS. Yes. Uh, sorry, it now sounds that I had a plan. That's probably too formal to, to say in terms it's of... It's okay to of, tell of, us I, now you're leaving, you've never yeah, had exactly. a plan. never had a plan, <laughs> never knew what I was doing, but it yeah. just worked out okay. Yeah. Um, so, you know, change isn't something necessarily that was there. They say, oh, right, it's on, it's on my wall, I've got to do that. Yeah. Um, I think any, any manager coming into an organisation for the first time will... We will know in their in their gut that this change that's required here, yeah. or else the change is going to happen here. Yeah. So even with you know the new guy coming in, yeah. he's going to bring some change, yeah. uh, even though he's not given a direction from me or from the board to you got to change this out of the other. So mm. change w would always was always going to happen anyway. In terms of using the word transformation. Uh, I think that that's too big. You know, from where I'm sitting, I don't believe I transformed anything. You know, maybe I maybe I did, but if 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 I did, it was probably by accident. I certainly, as I look back, can see many many changes that that were made. Yeah, I'd like to think that the organisation that is DVS today is very different to the organization mm. that, that was there in 2016. Mm. And that's not to say that the organization back then was bad. It, it certainly was not. Just it was different. I was, was different. there. I remember yeah, it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I think the uh, the sector has changed. The market has changed. Yeah. Loads of factors have changed. Students have changed. Students have changed. And yeah. all of them need to be responded to mm. or prepared for as the, as the mm. case may be. Yeah. So, yeah, I think there is there is quite a bit of change that, mm. that has happened. Mm. And like I said you know, a few minutes ago, uh, change is change is easier when when you're you're not the subject of it. Yeah. Um, but when you're more involved in the planning of it and the doing of mm. it. Mm. Um, but, yeah, there probably has been quite a but, bit of change. And it's interesting as well because we want our graduates to be capable of experiencing uh, harnessing or embracing change and celebrating it and so maybe uh, you might talk about this as well because one of our well, our only purpose mm. is to give people the opportunity to enter the workplace yeah. with skills and qualifications that's a very specific thing every document that's written I believe should be written through the eyes of the students. Yeah. What are we doing? What are we doing? Every institution defines itself by its graduates. Mm. Is it too hard a question to ask you coming towards the end, how you want our students to look once they've graduated? Yeah, it is a hard question uh, to answer and it is a very good question to ask. Um, so if you look at what we are in yeah. the higher education sector and you look at other colleges, mm. uh, other higher education institutions, um, we we are what we are, and the, the flip side of that is, you know, we're not Trinity, we're not UCD, mm. um, and they, we don't have public funding. 
so with those as circumstances, <clears throat> we, we need to be quite astute in yes. what it is that we do. Mm. So if you match that then with, you know, what do we think the student coming in through us and coming out the other end will be or what mm. you want them to be? I, I think the value that we would add to somebody and the proposition that we would put out to somebody mm. is that when when they leave here, they will have acquired a set of skills and knowledge that yeah. will equip them for loads of things. Yes. So we're not just saying, come in here, do a BA Honours in Film and Creative Media and yep. go into uh, the film sector. We're not saying that, although you'd like to think that a lot of people would. But what I would like to think is that the person that has come here and graduated out the other end mm. will have that technical yeah. knowledge uh, yeah. and skill that they would have acquired from, from mm. their classes. But they will have many other or kind of almost personal skills yes. that they can use in any circumstance. You know, I see it with, with my own kids. They they did a degree in whatever disciplines they, they did it in. Mm. You know, the younger one in particular is working in an area that is, you know, mildly related to what she did, but she's not necessarily using yes. um, uh, all of that. Mm. Uh, but that's perfectly fine. Yeah. You know, she, she did a particular degree. She would have acquired whatever knowledge she did in a set of skills. It in turn enabled her mm. to to do something else that she acquired another skill with or another mm. piece of capacity. Yeah. So what 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 we want is what I want, uh, and I think happens for the most part yeah. is that the graduate here they'll acquire that knowledge, that skill, which all combined is kind of that capacity, almost mm. that personal capacity yeah. to move through their career. Yeah. Because a little bit like what I said about myself. Yeah. You know, you start and I set out to be a teacher. And I didn't end up being that, um, but it's the capacity to mm. be able to yeah. you know, see and take an opportunity as yeah. they present, maybe manage a, a storm as it comes at you, mm. or just find yourself in a circumstance where you haven't been before yeah. and you know how to adapt to yeah. it, to manage it and go through it, whether that's a positive or, or a negative thing. So that can be in your work, that yeah. can be in your personal life, yeah. that can be in your personal relationships, yeah. that can be in, in anything. And it will be, of course. And it will be yeah. in, in yeah. all of those things. Yeah. So it's it's acquiring that capacity. And you know, if you if I look around at what the college does, you know, a thing that always stands out for me and has for ages yeah. is the work, for instance, that the, the student service team, Adam Crowder and yes. his team do. Yes. Yes. Uh, you know, Adam sends me uh, photographs and messages regularly of, you know, where we are now. So, yeah. you know, whether it's, you know, out last weekend, there was a crowd, he brought a crowd of students down to Glendalock and they were walking around there. Yeah. Also, there was our cricket team, yeah. two cricket teams yeah, yeah. That, that played indoor cricket last weekend. Yeah. Uh, and varsity champions. varsity champions, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Those kind of things are so important yes. because you get those other skills about yeah. working with yeah. others and communicating yeah. and interacting and uh, cooperating. Yeah. Uh, so th those things, which you you learn by accident, yes. you know, you yeah, learn yeah, by yeah. by just doing things. Yeah. Yeah. That's what adds to that capacity. Yeah. People can make relationships and keep them for years. That's brilliant. But yeah. if not. They have the capacity to go and develop yeah. new relationships yeah. in the next circumstance. Yeah, that that's what I think a student. I, and I I would agree wholeheartedly. And that's always the tone. One of the things I love about the graduations is you always have this these yeah. words that you share with yeah. the graduates, and they are all about my friends. You are here, and you are yeah. now moving on, and you will bring this with you, and yeah. you will connect and network and share and love yeah. and be challenged. Yeah. And that's a positive story that I think gives 
our graduates hope. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you know, and hope's a silly word, but hope's a real 2024 word. Everything is in chaos outside this classroom. Yeah, ab absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, exactly. There, there's um, uh, a great story that I, I only heard of this year, or sorry, probably the end of last year now, and it was an obituary that I read somewhere, I don't know, Financial yeah. Times or The Economist or something. And it was a guy called Bob Pardo. Mm -hmm. Have you ever heard of him? Bob Pardo was a, a US fighter pilot in, okay. the, in Vietnam. Yeah. Uh, so if you if you think about circumstances presented to you, so he and his co-pilot were flying with another another guy and his co-pilot in Vietnam, uh, and they were over over wherever they were, they were shot at, yeah. and the, his his partner's plane was hit, mm. and then there was you know a big you know decisions that needed to be made. So the plane didn't go down, yeah. but fuel was hit. Guy running out of fuel, and if he went down and survived, he was going to be captured. Yeah, and if he was captured. You know, that was it. Yeah. It was done for. So, you know, what what do they do in this circumstance? You know, they, they kind of stabilize themselves. They're both kind of trying to head out of the Vietnamese airspace. But it was clear and evident that, yeah. you know, this guy was, was going to have to go down. What can they do? There's nothing they can do. So so this guy, Bob Pardo, in the other plane that, that hadn't been hit, tried to do various things to just help him limp over the border into Laos. Okay, the okay. Country. So the first thing he tried to do was to piggyback him. Yeah. So, you know, put his plane under his. That didn't work. Too much turbulence. Um, then he thought he could maybe push him with, with his nose into a kind of a cone in the back of the other guy's plane. That didn't work. Too much turbulence. But you'll you recall from kind of seeing stuff on, on TV, uh, planes, when they land on aircraft carriers, they have this, this bar that comes down. Yes. And it catches a wire yes. when they land to, to stop them. So he got the guy whose plane was, was damaged to lower his bar. Uh, that came down, I don't know, three or four feet, which allowed him to come with his plane right up to the bar. The, the turbulence didn't disturb it. He let it touch his window. It cracked his window, but it let it touch the window and he pushed him over the border. Into okay, Laos. right. Okay. Uh, at which point they were both running out of fuel yeah. and they both had to ditch their planes. Guys came out on their parachutes down, landed in Laos, okay. not in Vietnam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and they were, you know, whipped away to, to safety. Uh, and it's kind of, it's that, you know, that, that for me, that's a brilliant story. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because that's a guy who, with a bit of experience, a bit yeah. of knowledge, he yeah. knew what the plane was able to do and not able to do. Yeah. Um, he yeah. knew what he had to do from, yeah. a, from a purpose point yeah. of view. And he, he just went and did it. He tried a number of things. The first two things didn't work. The third thing was risky, but he did it. Mm. And they succeeded. That for me is the. I think the, so. I mean, that also brings to mind uh, another P word persistence. Yeah. We are, as you say very eloquently, we are constantly confronted with change. Yeah. And, I, and obviously, this has been, even though it wasn't the word you put on your whiteboard in your office yeah. the day one you walked in, there's yeah. been a persistence to your presence. <laughs> which is interesting now it's coming to an end yeah. where I wonder, and this is my final question for you, do you ever think about why do you persist in things? Because it's education is a really hard industry. Yeah. It's very demanding. It consumes you whole. Do you ever ask yourself, <laughs> why, why, how, why, why did I do this for so long? Yeah, it's, um, no, because if you did, you might stop. <laughs> um, but, but it's another interesting question. And I suppose the... The persistence comes from maybe firstly you don't notice yeah. what's what's going on. You, yeah. it just, you get into the, the slipstream like our friend Bob Pardo. Yeah. Uh, you get into the slipstream and you're doing it and the yeah. next thing needs to be done and, and you keep going. Yeah. There are times when you can stop and reflect and there are there are breaks um, uh, at which point you, you, you'll keep going if there's mm. enough momentum behind you to, yes. get you to get you across the next thing. Yeah. There were loads of opportunities as there, are, as there are for everybody, loads of opportunities where you could you could have gone on to something else. Mm. 
if you know if there's a, another job outside that yeah. is available yeah. more attractive or sufficiently attractive to, to bring you out mm. uh, if things are difficult in your current job you'll go yeah. you know, loads of people have done and, and yeah. will do uh, into yeah. the future but you do you do get into a rhythm mm. and with the rhythm uh, comes kind of uh, an interest a growing interest I suppose in in what the purpose of the thing is yeah. and how you can influence yeah. that yeah. and and even though I say there wasn't that that change word on the on the whiteboard yeah. um, you do know that you know when you do this maybe there's something else that needs to be done or you know there's something yeah, else yeah. that needs to be yeah. done next yeah. and even as I as I sit here on the on the verge of leaving as president uh, I can still see things and oh I really should should have done that or okay. you know I yeah. wish I did that or yeah. I'd like, I must tell Tim to, to yeah. do that yeah. And he may or may not do anything about it, um, but it's you. you there, is, there is a certain. Um, I don't want to use the word passion because that that's too strong for it. But mm. there is something inside you that keeps yeah. you going. Yeah. Um, and it's not that yeah. it's a tolerance or anything. Else. You know, it's it's more. It's it's something much more positive. Yeah. It's not uh, Beckett. I must endure. No, this it's not. Like, no. It's not that. Yeah. Uh, although my mother always said a bit of suffering gets you closer to God. Well, uh, that may be true. <laughs> <laughs> that's for another podcast. But there is probably that that momentum, that interest, that yeah, desire. Yeah. And I suppose as you get closer to the end, and with yeah. every day that passes, everybody gets closer to the end of what they're doing currently. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of think about, you know, what I want to leave yeah. and give to somebody else. Yeah. Um, so you know that's a bit of a you know a roundabout waffly way of trying to answer your question. No waffle here, my friend. And also, it's interesting because it brings us back to the start of your <clears> journey because <throat> persistence is actually another word for lifelong learning. I think. Yeah. And if you are in the learning industry, yeah, it behoves us to be learning. Correct. Yeah. And, and I think for us as a higher education institution, yeah. there are some some products we need to put in place, yeah. like be they micro-credentials yeah. that are stackable, yeah. um, you know, accredited or unaccredited programs that, yeah. uh, that teach people new skills, um, new information passing through, whatever it might be. Yeah. You know, for us, we need to, to develop more and more of them. Yeah. We need to be alert to uh, the changing nature of learning. Yeah. Uh, so you and I, as, as learners, you know, we want to learn in our own way, yes. we want that flexibility. Yes. We need we as a college need to be aware of that mm. and, and uh, creating uh, education interventions, education products mm. that meet that that mm. need. Mm. That there will always be the need, I believe, for the undergraduate level eight undergraduate or, yeah. or equivalent. I yeah. believe there will always be that. Yeah. But the, the lifelong learning can be fulfilled yeah. uh, and and enabled by us with other things that we yeah. can and should do yeah. and will do uh, have yeah. no, doubt. no I agree and um, before we say goodbye I just reflecting on what you're talking about really what we're also talking about is the transformative nature of education it does change lives it does and to be involved in the changing of people's lives is a not only a pleasure, but it's a real privilege. It is a privilege. It is a profound privilege, yeah, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think there are, you know, way more people here who influence that more than I do. Yeah. You know, we have 300 or more and more um, a faculty. Yeah. Uh, you, know, you know, people like yourselves. Uh, you have way more influence on the, an individual's future, student's mm. future than, than yeah. I do. Um, but that there is a fulfilment to that yeah, to yeah. to yeah. hear and read about somebody who's a, a former student of DBS who is now doing yes. whatever they're doing yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. in film production in business yeah. in, in whatever it is yeah. uh, in psychology like that's fantastic and yeah. there is a great mm. uh, feeling from that that uh, I certainly believe my 10 years at DBS 
uh, for me have been very fulfilling. Yeah. I would hope for whatever number of thousand of people, you know, probably something of the order of 30,000 people who graduated in my time here, yeah. that it's been fulfilling for them and yeah. beneficial for them. Yeah. Uh, and that that is what actually, mm-hmm. you know, gives you a certain warm feeling inside. I think that's a fantastic place to bring our conversation to an end. Andrew, it's been a profound thrill. And maybe we might invite you back on some way in the future where your reflection will have a different tone to it. Yeah. So for the moment, thank you very much for coming on the show. Not at all, Bernie. It was my pleasure. And thank you, Dave, for sitting so attentively beside us uh, and doing all that needs to be done to turn this into something that is actually listenable. <laughs> Big up to Dave. You've been listening to Ripecast, the podcast series for all things research, innovation, practice and enterprise here at Dublin Business School. I'm Barney Taylor, and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Ripecast, research, innovation, practice, enterprise.